0: Uh so right. Kevin I do have a question for you though.
1: Yes. What do I win? What do you what do you win for what? A USB Bingo. Oh, uh you win a free token for future games of USB Bingo. Okay.
0: That's wonderful,
1: right? Uh no, for those for those without the context of Twitter from what 10 days ago or whenever it is you're hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh I tweeted out asking people informal survey how many different USB cables do you need in your day-to-day life? And cuz I was curious. And Alex announced that he needed one. I called him a liar and he <laughs> subsequently provided eight different USB cables. Uh I guess
0: <laughs> Well no, I
1: I I am generally curious cuz this is I I this is why I was I was very Lukewarm about USB-C, and just that I was so excited to, to only have one cable, and I was getting very close there. Mm-hmm. With but it was mini and micro were 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 at least starting to consolidate people, and now they're not. So how many how many cables do you actually need for your regular use devices, Alex? For my
0: regular like day to day
1: usage, well, or things that. Things that either are plugged in by default or get plugged in
0: regularly. So I need USB-C to charge my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, I need a regular USB to USB B, well 3.0. So USB 3.0 to USB B 3.0 um, because that's <laughs> plugged into the monitor so i can plug my keyboard and my mouse into my monitor and have them go to my my desktop or my laptop depending on whatever's plugged in okay um and are you counting lightning is lightning a usb cable no it's not a no. usb cable no okay all right because
1: there're always there're always going to be some, in the same way that like yeah we i have an xlr cable coming out of my mic it's that's like i
0: don't expect that to ever be like oh it's no it's just regular usb c Um, and then I guess the only other thing then is the, uh, micro USB on the mic that I'm using to talk to you right now. What about your phone? My phone charges over lightning. Oh, okay. And Kindle? Do you do Kindle? I rarely, I wouldn't consider that it often used device. Okay. Um, I usually read on my phone if I, unless I like decide, Hey, I want to reread this book and I have nothing else to do today. Then I'll like dig out the Kindle. Okay. But I might read for like half an hour before I go to bed um, just to help calm the brain. And I just do that on my phone.
1: Oh, man, I can't read to my phone. It hurts the yeah. eyes,
0: man. Well, it's great because I just updated my phone and now it can do flux. So my phone adjusts its green temperature in the evening and it's great for reading. You and know, like, you A- Android had that for like I don't, don't care, Kevin. Years. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care.
1: Wait, so you couldn't just install it? There wasn't a Flux? I thought I fl- thought Flux had an iOS app.
0: So Flux did for about three milliseconds. Okay. Um, and then it got removed from the Apple Store. Why? Because it was accessing an API it wasn't supposed to, I guess. Um, or Apple said it was duplicating existing iOS functionality because the next beta had this Flux built-in thing. Wow. Good old Apple <laughs> that wonderful company now it's built into the operating system it's great uh,
1: okay so just so they they would they, they spotified flux
0: <laughs> i i i well you can download spotify on an apple products. oh oh
1: well i i I don't know I haven't used
0: uh, yeah no I it, know. so they 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 didn't block spotify um For duplicating built-in features. Uh, Like, they don't block, like, uh, Amazon music and stuff. Because that's going to be... They're going to get sued. Did they they block Google Chrome? No. Google Chrome's installed. Um, Google Chrome... Just has to use the Safari WebKit engine, though. <laughs> so it's not allowed to use. It's not allowed to use its own rendering engine. Then why? Then what is the value of actually using Chrome? Because if you have all your passwords saved, if you have all oh. your account, if you want to synchronize your browsing history, if you want to no. open across devices, then that's why. That but awful. it has to use the Safari. You have web to kit. use the crappy Safari. Uh, Apple. Like, it's super. It's super it's fast though. Awful. It's super fast. Apple is terrible. It is not. If I mean, you're you're using a MacBook. Why would you be using a MacBook if you thought it was terrible? I am using I'm
1: using a MacBook because I don't really have a better alternative. Um. If <laughs> so I, everything is terrible then. Well, yes. If I could be using, it's like democracy. It's. <laughs> um. Wow. Uh. No. It's you know. It's the it's the worst one except for all the other ones. Yeah. Um, no, I, I would switch back to Linux in a heartbeat if I could get. De- if, if basically, if um, if Adobe Creative, if Adobe CC was available on Linux, I'd switch over immediately.
0: You'd force yourself to switch out of Final Cut. Oh yeah. To, oh oh okay.
1: yeah. It's just in a heartbeat, I'd be. I'd be back. The thing is, I need Photoshop. I need Final Cut. I need Logic. I could switch out Final Cut and Logic for. Adobe Audition and and stuff. Yeah, And then I'd just have a Windows VM to play games. Yeah. And that'd be it. And then, yeah, yeah, I'd be free of Apple hell.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's extremely appealing. Um, But I don't know. I mean, right now I I use a lot of Apple products because I have to use one or uh, because I'm sort of tied to the Mac OS X ecosystem for reasons, although maybe I won't be for a long time. I don't know. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a state of trying to reconfigure all of my computers again. Mm-hmm. Um, so for right now, I'm still kind of tied to the Apple ecosystem. And while I'm tied in the Apple ecosystem, I just want to embrace it fully because we're, we're at a point of like, the Internet of Things and all that stuff. If It's hard to have, like, I'm going to use an Android phone and then an Apple computer and then a Windows desktop. And, that, like, because they don't talk to each other. Like, if you're using all of one device, then your your laptop talks to your phone, which talks to your watch, which talks to whatever, and that talks to, like, your lights and your thermostat and all that. And it's all just, like, sort of in sync. Um, and it's all just, it works together, talks to your Apple TV or whatever. And and all these companies have different, like, you can get the Amazon Fire TV or the, you know, the Google Play TV. Um and that, that'll integrate with your Android Chromebook, Yeah, and
1: exactly. <laughs> your lack of Fire laptop? I don't know. Is there a Fire laptop
0: yet? <laughs> well, no, there's Chromebooks. But, I mean, Chromebooks will integrate quite well. Like, you can cast the screen and cast all sorts of stuff from the Chromebook to the device without any setup. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's great. Like, all these companies, if you buy all of their hardware, they do, like, these cool, like, exchanges of information. Um, and, like s- like, seamless transitions between the devices and I really like that so I really kind of need to be on one platform um, which is hard sometimes because there are downsides to every platform and I like I like I have every platform I have Windows computers I have Linux computers I have Mac computers mm-hmm. it's just I the ones I primarily use on a day-to-day basis tend to all be of the same make
1: I just realized I left the Amazon Echo running <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, that's something that, I, like, I want an Echo, but I, is it open? How open is the Echo? Um, I haven't played around with it
1: enough to know. Um oh, okay. but, I mean, a lot of people are developing stuff for it. The one thing that I yeah. don't entirely like, though, is that the so the problem with open voice command stuff, um, I, I believe that basically you can throw up pretty much anything onto your own right, device. It's the distribution that's tricky. The one thing that I really don't like, though, is that they, they've set it up so that the way that you interact with, because uh, the problem with with voice yeah. is name spacing. Yep. Um, the way that you interact is that you say, "Alexa, ask blah for yeah." Something. So, so instead the, of having like the echo that can do things, the echo is like a secretary
0: that has to go ask other departments to do things yeah. for you. Yeah, that was my issue. I mean, the only way I thought about around that is like maybe I'll make my own thing called jeeves and i will be like Alexa ask jeeves to turn off the light like so oh, i could man. it would be one consistent ask well you know that was the joke oh, yes man. very briefly um, briefly That was like the entirety of childhood man yeah but my childhood ca- happened at a different time That's than right, your childhood you
1: forgot you forgot to have a childhood i forgot
0: yeah i, I yeah <laughs> i just skipped it yeah go right to google don't need a childhood Oh, man. But, yeah, I
1: mean, so you could. You could do that and basically have your one service be a thing that resolves multiple things. Yeah. Um, But even then, I mean, then you're basically just giving yourself the same problem, right? So if I say... um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. If I were to say, okay, Google or Siri or, or Alexa, turn off the apartment... What does that mean? Does that mean that it should set, turn off the thermostat? Should it turn off the light? Should it turn off the stereo? Like, what are the, yeah. the? This is the problem with voice commands is that we mean things in such an ambiguous way that it's very difficult to... That If you have some sort of closed platform, then you can say, here are the things, and human, you need to learn that this is what you need to say when you want this thing to happen. Um, yeah. When you open it up for multiple services, then it's kind of a free-for-all because you don't know... What the other commands are that people are already learning from. from yeah. The plugins.
0: Yeah. I mean, which is why they had to basically have, ask someone else, right? Like, right. ask ask Hugh to turn off the lights or ask what Nest to turn down the thermostat. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Again, it's like one of those total home platform things. Although, Amazon's really the only one who has a whole home uh, voice command solution at this point. Um, either Google or Apple have come out with sort of an Alexa-esque device.
1: Although,
0: <laughs> although way,
1: way to segue into the show notes, um, Google did just
0: announce that they're opening up an API for their voice stuff. Right. But even that, they don't have, like, a puck. Like, you, you'd you have to have <laughs> your phone. Um, see, I've done this before. I've had a Nexus 5, and I, like, taped it to the wall. <laughs> and then I would just yell at the wall. It was plugged in all the time, so it was always listening. Right. The problem is that the microphone array in an Nexus 5 is very much designed for, like, talking on the phone, holding it right next to your head. Right. It doesn't work so well across the room, which is what the microphone array in the Echo is designed to be used for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I imagine you could resolve that by plugging in an external microphone. I just never did. Well, right. I mean, well,
1: the... Up until the the same problem is that you couldn't you couldn't just say let me access the voice commands through some sort of API from this custom hardware that I built. Uh, uh, now with Google opening things up, you can yeah just buy a whole bunch of mics, duct tape them together. You know yeah but, I mean not that now that you're necessarily going to do this, but it opens up the the it opens up the possibility for communities or kickstarters or whatever to say we're going to build something that's based off of this off of this service, so that you can have something that is designed like the echo or maybe like a, a series of small little things that you put all over your house or whatever. Yeah. Um and just using the, the voice resolution stuff to to back it. Because the software has also been a big problem. The the free voice recognition stuff is I mean it's 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 long been a challenging problem and it's not really gotten better since the early nineties. <laughs>
0: Well there were so when I was doing this with an nexus um there were rootable plugins for tasker yeah that um you could have it do certain things uh call it call certain apis so i did like set up to uh control my lights i had it set up to control basically the lights and then uh the raspberry pi that i had controlling my home theater system so it could just sort of throw http requests at things mm-hmm. um and i had a it was it wasn't it wasn't even local it wasn't even a local web server I had it if if this then that type thing, so it was like translating Ugh. it was it was it was a little clunky um but it worked mm-hmm. in technical terms <laughs> um, I, I i so i'm actually now that they're opening up this voice API I kind of expect them to introduce an echo clone at i o now maybe
1: but that i mean the, shock it, me. in this, but i mean if you look at what they did with google google cardboard. Their cardboard is pretty crappy. Yeah, yeah. Like they're just like, here's an idea for how VR could work, and cheaply or expensively, you go ahead and make it. We're
0: just going to support the software. We're going to support the spec. Yeah, but they haven't really. Like Google Cardboard is some of the worst VR tech there is. It's light years behind Oculus and light years behind. Uh, in what? Uh, in what Vive? Way. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's just, not. It's not designed to be like a.
1: Well, it's yeah, a game that's
0: platform. True. Well, it's not even the game, like the the quality. I would say. Well, I mean, obviously, build quality is based on your cardboard. phone, really. Yeah, true, but I don't know. There seems to be a lot more. Well, so you have like like the Gear VR. The Gear VR is not based on Google Cardboard. I right. don't believe. Right. Um, and that uses your phone as well.
1: If you have a Samsung phone, yes
0: yeah it's like a very like small subset of some samsung phones right, because
1: this is the way that you get v r to take off is you restrict it down to fewer and fewer and fewer people possible
0: who, so who can i mean i've I have a friend who's developing an application for gear v r um, okay. and like his phone overheats all the time and he had like the top of the line phone like doing vr is such a cpu intensive task at the moment or Mm -hmm. gpu intensive task like it's a processing heavy that's there there's like legitimate reasons to have such high specs for it um Mm -hmm. as a requirement because you can't do much with it without them right so it's the limiting factor isn't necessarily that samsung's like ah we'll get everyone to buy the best possible phone i think Uh i think it legitimately is like it's kind of not worth it without those specs
1: right the but v r is an interesting area in that it's just not worth it period <laughs> <laughs> did, did, okay, so did you see there let's go to another thing this show we right. yeah, we've see? got a lot of overlap in these show notes like we've hit on like three or four of these already yeah um, this is this is definitely gonna be the podcast of v r and protocols and 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 techie toys and things and yeah, um, i have a, I have a section of complaints. There, we've got we've got we've got some show
0: notes today. <laughs> we should talk. Like, uh, is this the last episode of the season? I don't know, Alex. Is it? I feel like we need to, we should do one more. Okay, I want to call it the like we do ten episodes per season, but that that would be the eleventh. I want to call it the off by one special.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll have so we'll have an off by one. Yeah. So Alex and I have talked about this. Uh, we talked about this a, f- a few weeks ago off the air, but uh, figured that it would probably be good uh, so that we don't get boring on you uh, to take a few weeks uh, between seasons. And because we're coming up on around the amount that we had last season, uh, it is an appropriate time. Whoa. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it sounded like I lost all audio in this ear. <laughs> now my ear is ringing. Okay, so my ear just decided to stop hearing anything. Oh. That's very weird. Like, it's... Because, like... Yeah, okay. Like, occasionally your ear's ringing for whatever reason. Like, this is just, like, an instant, like, cutoff. As though, like, the thing just went from stereo to, like, panned
0: all the way. So, did your... The bitrate between your ears and your brain decrease? Like, there's a short in my ear cables. Like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) Buy some new ones on Amazon.
1: Oh, man. Uh, No, so we talked about that basically it would take a few weeks... Uh, let Alex get uh, get going on his new job. It's going to be moved. very exciting
0: again, probably.
1: Uh, let me get going on probably 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 fixing up the 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 site a little
0: bit because it's getting to be a little unwieldy. Um, oh, you're putting that in the podcast now. What's that? Ooh. You've been talking about revamping this podcast site literally all season. Uh, well, it's, it's like <laughs> now you're putting it in the podcast. So yeah, you're well, have part of the to. problem is
1: it's it's on. Yeah, I'm using Amazon and Amazon Web Services, and the way that I set it up is is particularly bad because it means that basically I'm re-uploading the entire site, including all of the audio files, every time I push an update. Oh, the way that it's automated. So, uh, you know, paying a little bit of a bandwidth transfer premium for that. Oh,
0: so I didn't. Yes. Yeah, interesting.
1: Oh, by the way, Alex, I'll be sending you a bill for your half of
0: the podcast. Uh, okay, us. that's that's fine. <laughs> uh, the check will be in the mail. <laughs> But okay, VR. You, you yeah. Lead us okay. into this. Okay. So there's a video in the show notes, uh, which I recommend you check out. It's basically lets you use your computer in space. <laughs> kind of. So what it does is if you have an Oculus Rift um VR headset thing, you can put it on um and you can render your desktop environment in like this as like a floating really thin screen in space so it's like like a space nebula that's like a 360 sphere that you can look around in and then it renders like a giant display um which would be your computer which is your desktop uh screen on your windows computer right and so you can like do things like browse the internet in Chrome. Oh, is it is, on, is it only
1: a windows computer
0: i think it is windows only at the moment yeah uh, okay. um oculus is windows only at the moment oh okay um, as a general, uh, the creator of Oculus, uh, what Lucky Palmer Lucky has mm-hmm. gone on record saying, "We'll come to Mac when they have good enough hardware to support it." All right, because even the top end GPUs in the Mac Pro aren't supported by Oculus. Okay, uh, they're just not powerful enough. Again, VR is a very computationally intensive task. Right, um, you literally need the top three, uh, one of the top three NVIDIA GPUs to. Uh, use it or the top three AMD GPUs all of I think the cheapest of all yeah or a phone (laughs) I I, like for for Oculus
1: and can I can I plug a phone into my computer into my MacBook (laughs) and then then it could just use that to do all the VR stuff uh
0: probably yeah yeah all
1: right I'm gonna yeah I, I, I don't know what sort of USB cable I'd need for that
0: but. Yeah, I don't know how the resolution... I, I imagine it's a resolution thing. The phone may be running at sort of a downscaled resolution oh, yeah. when it does it. And then, like, the the Vive and the Oculus are running at, like, 1440p or something like that. So, And then you're rendering two screens with, like, very little time because otherwise you're going to do slag. Right. Um, so, like, y- y- the cheapest GPU that's actually VR certified is, like, $400. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's it's not a cheap field to get into at the moment, and then you have to spend, like, the $700 for the headset itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you do all that on your Windows computer, you can basically just, like, lie in bed or sit upside down or do whatever <laughs> you want, and you can have, a like, a wraparound computer. Right.
1: Well, I mean, a, a wraparound environment in which, because your screen is still restricted to whatever screen resolution your screen is
0: yeah and that's unfortunately a windows problem right um so you could so Windows won't let you render additional desktops um unless they're like a physical monitor for them to render to right so you can get around that by buying like dummy dongles so you if you have like a, a graphics card with like four uh monitor outputs you could plug in one real monitor and then like three fake monitors yes. And then you could render all of those in system. Now of you're still going to be you're around. going to
1: pay the GPU performance penalty for all three of those.
0: Well, right, but you're going to be render, but you'll render all four desktops, right? right. Like because, I mean, you're going to have to render them one way or another. It doesn't really matter if they get drawn into a physical display or not. Though
1: you can't stitch them to 360 degrees. Like you can't have your fourth desktop connect to. Oh, you oh, okay? So it's stick. only stitchable in one direction. I believe so. Yes.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of disappointing, but right. whatever. Because then you could like sit in your chair and like spin around and have like a wireless keyboard or something.
1: Well, if you think about it, it kind of makes sense just from a not anticipating how that should work perspective. Like, let's say you're on desktop two and you hit maximize. Where should the should it max should it maximize to the should it pin to the left of two and maximize its circular? You know,
0: but what happens to that sort of? Yeah, okay. All oh, right. I guess it does make sense that you have to have an edge to it. Right. But anyway, so you can like render all these things in like 3D. And I think it's really hilarious. Um, if you watch the video, it's a really long video for what it's showing off, I think. <laughs> um, but if you watch like the whole video, like towards the end, you can render yourself in a empty movie theater and have like a movie screen projecting for you. And then you can like play your video files. Right and pretend to be in a movie theater which I think is hilarious
1: so you know what this reminded me of a lot um is compass fusion yeah from yep. from from good old linux where you had your yep. you know you had all of those all of those desktop spaces and the cubes and Yeah and the everything. cube
0: The cube. Uh, The cube was all the rage in middle school. The cube was amazing. And
1: now, were you an outside cube or an inside cube person, Alex? I was an outside cube. Oh, you're so wrong. Inside cube is where it's at. Uh,
0: No, outside cube, and it was like, pull out. You could see the whole cube. You could pretend the Earth was a cube. You could do it on a sphere, too, and then you could have, like, the Earth.
1: Yep. So the thing that I really liked to do, and I still, I can't do this now. Like, technology has reverted such that I can't do this anymore. Um, so, so for those who don't know, Linux had this. I know. I guess desktop tiling environment. Yep. There were extensions on multi-desktop, top Multi desktop. Yeah. Right.
0: It's a multi desktop setup.
1: Right. So, and basically, you could structure these into, and you you would have all of these various uh, key shortcuts to switch back and forth between these desktops. But you could arrange them in such a way that it would appear to be like you were inside a cube or on the outside of a cube. You could set up the actual window. Uh, the window tiles to you know, stand in relief, so you could give them depth um, and things like that. And you could have a thing that you know, would wrap around. You could have some window that was half on one desktop and half on another, so it would wrap around. And Yeah. Um, lots of really cool stuff. What I used to do, though, and I loved this, um, is I would set it up so that I was inside the cube, and the cube was semi-transparent, and then you get to you still get to declare some sort of skybox if you do that. So I would set up the. I would be inside the cube, it'd be semi transparent, and then the skybox would be a movie. Huh. So I would just watch movies and I could flip back and forth between tasks within my cube just fine. Yeah. And then. I got to, so I got to do all my work and stuff while talking back and forth. Like never had to interrupt myself to never had to pause the movie or anything. It's just like I'm just gonna flip around this cube, do all this work. Meanwhile, this movie's sitting there playing transparently in the background,
0: which is wonderful. Huh.
1: It's the greatest thing of all time.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could totally do that with uh, that. I bet you could set the skybox inside this. But weird you can't VR do that
1: on Mac or Windows right now. <laughs>
0: like. Well, you could probably do it on Mac. Um you could probably recompile Compass Fusion and port it over. You can get KDE running on Mac OS X. Oh, really get
1: well, I mean if you run everything within quartz, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it it's janky and doesn't really work, but I right. bet you could make it technically work.
1: But still, this is like how how do I, how can I not already do this everywhere? Like why do we not have the minority report? As a desktop, on well, all of the operating systems yet.
0: I mean, I honestly think Apple went backwards in terms of spaces because they used to have spaces, which was very but much. They still like, have spaces. Well, they do have spaces, but I used to have a four by like a two by two grid of spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd have four separate desktops and a, a hotkey to go between them. Yes. Now all your spaces have to be in a row. Yep. Um, so I used to be able to from any one space get to every other, any other space directly. I had, like, a key command that would just, like, shift the display, you know, either diagonally or up and down. Right. You know get... what would be great for that, actually? What? Uh, the numpad, 10 key. No, I had, it, you, I had it bound to the, the <laughs> arrow keys. Much more convenient. Oh. Um, terrible. Well, then you can't do diagonal.
1: 10 key is amazing.
0: No, you'd hold up and down or down and left. Not not up and down. Hey, oh, uh, you Emacs users and you're courting
1: yeah <laughs> okay so so yes go go on, go
0: on but now they're all in a row, so now you can slide. you have to like go past them. I like, think you, know. you can go by number, maybe, yeah, but then you have to re- i could one hand, I could do one hand and I could hit whatever key combination <laughs> I needed to. And I could get there. Now I have to, like, command, option, and then the number, and then it still, like, slides past them to get to it. It doesn't that go from That is the one rest. thing I do. I would really like to disable the slide animation.
1: I have not sunk the time into figuring out how exactly to do that. Yeah.
0: So, I don't know. That I think spaces has gone a little bit backwards, though I do love that you can have spaces on, separate, like, each display can have its own display set up, space setup, which is nice. Um, I don't know. That's just a weird Mac OS X complaint I have. Uh, but that's just me complaining about Mac and X, it doesn't really matter. We were talking about Oculus, right? Like, yes. I don't know. Uh, now I don't know what to say. <laughs> it works so well.
1: This VR desktop thing.
0: Yeah, I know. But I don't even know what to say on that anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, okay. So, But the thing, though, is that how much is the Oculus Rift?
0: $600. Okay.
1: And what are the cool reasons to buy... Like, what... What are the what are any other cool things that you could buy for $600, Alex? Any, I'd like well, you to I mean, list out the things that are cool that you could buy for less than or equal to
0: $600. Go. So, uh, a, a drone. You could build you a go. really cool quadcopter yep. um, for $600. Um, you could buy a PS4 and a bunch of games. Yep. If you like that, or a Wii U and even more games, yep. uh, which would be my choice, you could buy a 4K display, which is really nice. Absolutely. Um, you could buy uh, stock and become a millionaire. Uh, well, I'll give it enough time, sure. Or sure. luck. I'll give you that one. You could go gambling and. And become then become a-, a millionaire immediately. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. that's yeah. perfect. I, I like that. That's the option. That's the option I think we should go with. Okay. All right. <laughs> So, would you rather buy an Oculus now or spend the money on the Oculus on gambling and buy it when you're a millionaire?
1: Well, I mean, because that's the thing is, I think there's a there's a big problem with VR in that there. I mean, there's there's the chicken and egg problem, right? Mm-hmm. That it's not going to get good until people invest money into making it good. It's not going to be worth investing money into until, until people good. are using it. Yeah. Uh, so I have. I feel like all of these, as as much as I think VR is incredibly and awesome and can be really cool, I think that this is not the time to be throwing out, you know, three thousand dollar, or six hundred dollar, or whatever uh, price tag items. This is why I think the Google Cardboard is a good idea, mm-hmm. is that it is incredibly cheap and the <laughs> and it is it is very low quality. But you know what it is it's the same quality as the software that is written for VR right now. Like, it is uh, it is, it is right around the same level. Like, yeah. trying to build a, a ridiculously expensive device to do VR so
0: that you can go in and be like, here's this test world that we built. So, I, I think one step above Cardboard is probably the optimal space. So, I think the Gear VR is probably the best implementation of VR that there is right now. Because you have this phone. You Sure, it only runs on high-end phones. But well, only goes, on Samsung high-end phones. Yeah, right. But the the I think Apple. There's rumors that Apple is working on a similar product. So I think the Gear VR concept is really smart um, because you can get fairly good immersion and head tracking on a f- like a device that a lot of people are already going to own anyway, like right. the the S7 or the S6 or whatever the Galaxy equivalent. Yeah, I think that the Galaxy S6 was the first one to support it, and the Galaxy S7. Um, Is going to come with it free. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you buy a Galaxy S7 right now, you get a Gear VR for free. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, those devices, like the S6, which you could buy the Gear VR for, sold like millions of devices. So, you're going to have millions and millions of users of the Galaxy S7.
1: If you get literally anything delivered by Amazon,
0: you get cardboard for free. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but then you have to build it. And like it's hard. Like you have to. You you, you can't build the lenses. You have right. to, no, no, no. You I'm, you do have to buy I'm, the. Lens. I'm trolling just a small amount. Just a small. <laughs> amount. So I think I think that's sort of the like the the good like access like it's accessible and it's pretty good. It's not the best. It's not as good as what you're gonna find in an Oculus or. Well, a I mean, Vive accessible
1: setup. in the sense of only working on high-end <laughs> Samsung phones. Like, this is... If, yes. if you are going to try and find a niche market, like, this seems ridiculous. I don't think that... I don't think you can claim that, like, we'll work on all Android and will work at least in YouTube on all iOS. I think that's pretty accessible. I think yes. that's, that's probably as accessible you can hope for in this
0: very territorial tech field. Yeah. Um, but... So, I'm I'm arguing more for the idea than the current implementation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if Apple also had, like, a $100 headset, um, <laughs> and if perhaps the Gear VR wasn't tied specifically to the Samsung devices, though Samsung, I think, are the largest market share. Like, the S6 is probably... Oh, yeah, of Android, one,
1: they're the largest market share, yeah. Yeah,
0: so you have the majority of the Android devices, and if you added,
1: then, the Apple devices... Well, I know, I mean... We should, I don't think that you can say that the S6 and S7 are the majority of, Andro- of okay, Android devices. Okay, that's true. Yeah, no, you're right. In fact, but I think the majority of Android devices are, like, flip phones. They're, like, really,
0: really crappy. Yeah, maybe. That, that's possible. And it, regardless, there's, like, millions of them out there. Uh, mm. Millions of compatible phones. Yep. So it, if if you could expand this, perhaps, to a, a few more phones... and the, And that's the thing. Over time, like, the processing requirements aren't necessarily going to rise as quickly um it depends on how quickly the display resolution rises um, and how much makes like what resolution it actually makes sense to run the phone at mm. um to get good performance but assuming that the cheaper devices are going to be using the ro- lower res screens that like currently exist mm. um and if those are then said to be good enough like over the next two to four years it, most samsung phones may support the gear vr um and they might open it up, and so most Android phones, well, not maybe not most, but most higher-end, m- mid-range, like, maybe you get it free on contract, or maybe you spend a couple hundred bucks mm-hmm. uh, type devices. And assuming Apple comes along in the next two to four years, like they're rumored to do, and has their own sort of Gear VR competitor, then I think you've got, like... You have your phone, most like most, a lot of people have smartphones. So mm-hmm. you already have the smartphone, and then you pair this relatively cheap like headset with it. And then you can have like the app store type ecosystem where you can download games and applications and utilities that run in like this VR environment. I think that's fairly a, a really good place for VR to be right now. Um, I think things like the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift headset. Are sort of extreme, and the Hololens.
1: Sh- you gotta, you gotta remember the Hololens.
0: So I think Hololens is trying to be something different than either the, uh, yeah, Hololens is like, I don't know what it's trying to be yet. It, it's not out yet. No one's reviewed it yet. It's, it's kind of this weird like, Microsoft heard about VR and just, just is to <laughs> do their own thing in a vacuum. They're like, hey. We have Minecraft. Why don't we just try to make a Minecraft computer that sits on your head and in VR? <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure what to think of the um, whatever the HoloLens thing would do, Dad. yet. The point of being is that I think that those the, 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 the high end like $700 things are going to be extremely niche devices for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, like even once you have this $600 headset, you need like at least a $1,200 computer to use it properly. Like to get the support, like the the supported minimum is like $1,200. Right. That's just, you can't really, you have to have like a high end NVIDIA or AMD graphics card and then like a high end Intel i5 processor or better. And that's like $300. And then all the other components. So, I mean, it
1: makes, it makes sense if you're a gaming YouTuber because then it's an expense. But it also then doesn't make any sense if you're a gaming YouTuber because that experience does not translate. Like, (laughs) unless they
0: also have like, a 3D viewer, although, like, they could play the game in 3D, like with an Oculus, and then save the 360 video, and right. then you could watch it on a cheap well. And actually, that, playback, I mean, like that could cardboard. be an interesting entry,
1: um, just in that, uh, because the cardboard has no problem playing video, right? Yeah, uh, on really cheap phones, yeah, um, so yeah, you know, yeah, gamers go ahead and record stuff using their expensive investments, and then you know, people's experiences with. Uh, with 360 VR is enjoying Let's Plays and going, hey, ha, there was a dude behind you
0: that was funny. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think of like, lots of things. it It's probably going to get its first life in 360 video. I've thought about trying to shoot some 360 video. Uh, <laughs> you can buy, like, fairly cheap cameras now um, that can do 360. They don't necessarily do it in super high quality, but they're fairly easy to use. And- right. They're, they're not it's like back in the day when you could shoot with your webcam and put it on youtube mm-hmm. i just I, I there's not I haven't really thought of anything interesting to do with it right like mm-hmm. wh- why is, is it but beyond the novelty of just doing it in three sixty what does it add
1: right and well and in, in fact, at least from my experience of watching a lot of you know not a lot but a, a fair a decent amount of three sixty video yeah, the big problem is uh directing attention. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea the, is that you're giving the user freedom to frame their own experience, yep. but all that that ends up being oftentimes more problematic than it's worth because there may be something interesting happening over in a certain area if you don't have a soundscape that's also 360. Yeah, um, which you don't in video. Um, yep. at least at least at least currently in YouTube's you know, in 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 the means well, of distribution that we currently have there's not some there's not of soundscape. Well, you could if you made the user wear headphones. Um, no, even you, if you did make them wear headphones. You have, you have a left and a right channel, or you have a surround channel. The surround channel doesn't track Oh, with, you're right. Yeah,
0: it doesn't track with where you're facing. I was right. like, you could encode a 360 sound, but yeah, then you can't track position in it. Right, yeah. No, you, yeah.
1: you can definitely put, you can do the ASMR type stuff you know, that the people do, but you can't yeah. actually track it with the head position, yeah. which makes it uh, problematic.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't know, videos, videos, hard. Well, I mean, and there's a reason that the people pay like directors millions of dollars to direct a Hollywood movie. Like, the direction of a video is very important, right? How do you, how you set that up for VR is a really huge, outstanding question. Well,
1: and it's also, I mean, even if you look at things like gaming, sandbox games are popular, but they're not popular with everybody. I mean, for no. for a significant yeah. amount of the player base, like, I would like you to tell me a story. I would like to experience the the thing that you want to tell me. Don't just drop me in an open world and go, like, you pick what you want to do. <laughs> like, stuff yeah. is going to happen. Like, this is, I was, I've never been able to get into Grand Theft Auto for that reason.
0: Nah, I've never even played it. It's just never I, appealed I've to me. I've
1: played it for, like, 15 minutes. I'm like, all right. I'm driving around, I'm stealing cars, and then, all right. I, <laughs> yeah. I've experienced, wow, that was a fast game. <laughs> like <laughs> um, as you know, there are a lot of people who do like it, but it's just to say it's not necessarily the, the thing that's going to have some sort of universal appeal. It, I don't think it's like, you know, it's not like going to widescreen, um, or you know, just or or just moving from VHS to DVD or something like that. Where you are like, oh, look, it's just objectively better.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It is a an experiential difference that may resonate
1: with some people and may not with others.
0: Yeah, and trying to make like make it more than a gimmick is hard. And right, right. now, I think. It's hard to justify VR as more than a gimmick in some circumstances. I do think in gaming, it's not necessarily a gimmick. Um, having I've only worn one once, um, but read reading a lot of what people talk about and um, having used it, I, I would say that you, there are conceivable ways and certainly ways that are being used right now to make it more than a gimmick Mm -hmm. um it it all depends on the type of game like i think i can think of a lot of games where like 180
1: degree rotation like 360 seems obnoxious to me um but there are a lot of games like i'd love to play euro truck simulator with a full just like as though i were sitting here if i were to turn my head i could look to the right and i could look to the left yeah i mean that does exist you can do that i don't have the equipment to do that but it, it is a thing um, yeah, I'm sure there. you know, it'd be cool to play portal that way too. I wouldn't like to have to stand up and turn around. Anytime yeah. I wouldn't to turn around, but I'd love to be able to just crane my head and, you know, and do things like that.
0: Well, I mean, and it, you don't necessarily have to get like the standing platforms and all. Like you can use your WASD keys to control like how you're turning and stuff. Right. Uh, and then you just have like a, your normal field of view, but you could like adjust where the character is standing. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think VR has a lot of implications in gaming, but I I have trouble finding anything else that it really <laughs> works on. Like, this virtual desktop thing, I think, is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have some niche uses, but it's probably almost always going to be better if you have, like, three desktops or three monitors <laughs> right. or even just one monitor that isn't floating in space.
1: I don't think... Well, I, I, I would disagree with you there. If I had if i had the ability to just never have a computer again um basically just if 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 i had to, if there was an Oculus Rift that was bluetooth only and had a ridiculously great battery life and my phone could run a full operating system and we figured out how to make a keyboard awesome and portable then i would be super super happy like this would be amazing be like yep i'm just going to walk around and you know put on my put on my very light glasses and i don't have to have a computer that takes up actual space anymore i can yeah. go ahead and be at work while i'm on the train to work i can go ahead and say i'm gonna go outside you know or whatever yeah. um basically you know your entire uh, work environment kind of can be can be brought along with you i would find that to be very valuable that's not what this does but it hints no. as to like
0: this is what we could maybe one day have. Well, your big problem is that you'll never have a full operating system on a phone because there's always going to be a better computer than you're going to have a phone, right? And so the phone is never going to be running the same operating system as your computer just because they're two different devices.
1: Well, no, it could run the same operating system. Well, it could.
0: I mean, Windows does, but it changes the user interface to be terrible.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, eventually, ideally, though, I wouldn't the The phone wouldn't have to have a screen on it.
0: Right. It would just pair to your retina brilliance. It'd just be like a second wallet
1: that you have to carry around with you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the, there are concepts that you would like, you'd have one computation device and it would just either be in your pocket or you could like plug it into the wall um, to charge it or wirelessly charged perhaps. Right. Some, some sort of system in your house. And then like your desktop would just sort of like be a keyboard a mouse and a screen and it would just use that computation device to well that's the thing is
1: i don't want the i don't want the screen to have to exist in real space
0: right yeah so you'd have either the glasses or the retinal implants but some people might still like to have like a screen or a television perhaps those
1: people would be wrong but they might they might yeah (laughs) you you could see people i want to go back to what you were saying though about you know apple should introduce theirs and all of this thing so this is we, now we need to move into Ke- Kevin's complaint corner. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I have I, I have a problem with a lot of internet things. Yeah. Recently. Um, oh, and just is, recently? What you, no, for, for, I have always had problems. Um, I'm gonna. Say, I'm just gonna say I love email, Alex. Yeah. I think email is a wonderful thing. Yeah. A lot of people really hate email. Yeah. Um, and I understand. I understand hating email. Like, I, I totally understand it. I just think as a concept, as an idea, as a means of communication, it is just top notch. Yeah. Um, I think it is a wonderful thing. I also love IRC. Yeah. As a means of communication, which most people don't even know what that is that talked about.
0: IRC. I, I don't use it on a regular basis, but I, I have used it on occasions. Mm-hmm. Special events, I... Would use it at college and stuff.
1: Oh yeah, it's great for that. It's great for like conferences. You have back channels and, and talks yeah. and stuff, or um, just just. I mean, there, I've got a community of of people that you know I chat with on IRC and stuff. Um, and I like Google Cardboard. I think that it is a great idea to say here's a way to make something accessible. Let's create a standard and just release it, and then say go ahead, build something. Uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. We're not doing any of this anymore, no instead we're moving to all of these closed platform as a service model things or these <laughs> eco these closed, isolated ecosystems of we're using Slack for everything, yeah there are all these communities that are like, "Oh, we should use slack, we should use slack why it's not a It's, the, it's one company that gets to decide how this whole thing works mm hmm there, there, there are people who say, oh, we've got to get rid of email. You should use Facebook Messenger. You should use WhatsApp or Slack chat or Yik Yak or chat back. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever these kids are using these days.
0: I, I mean, I'm going to I rename the segment Kids These Days. Okay. All right. <laughs> Kevin's Kids These Days. Right. That doesn't make sense. That <laughs> doesn't make sense either. <laughs>
1: um. No, but it's frustrating to me that I think we're we're now in a position where we've become so enamored with uh with with the idea that companies just provide things on demand and, and we've just we've monetized the internet so much that i'm terrified of when is the next cool thing we're going like the web is not a for-profit platform as a service like http mm-hmm. is not a for-profit platform as a service H- yeah. uh, email is not um protocols like irc chat the wonderful thing about irc chat is that Anybody can create their own server, can create their own client. It's just, here's here's a description of how this thing works. If you want to build it, go nuts. Um, yeah. And my fear is that as we move toward all of these things, whether it's VR, whether it's keeping in touch with people, whether it's anything, we're no longer going to do that. When is the next, I think, I guess, is SMS open? SMS is open. It's just a protocol. Yeah. Um. Jabber, I guess, was opened. Yeah, um, it didn't start. It didn't start off as one, but it became an open open chat protocol for for Google Talk and, uh, and AIM and Yahoo and, and stuff. It at least supported the protocol. Yeah, I'm terrified. When it, we're, I think we're going to stop supporting protocols? Now we're just going to go. I'm just going to have do the let Apple run this
0: thing. <laughs> so I guess he, here's a clarifying question. So. You're, you, it doesn't bother you that a lot of people like use Gmail and stuff. No. Okay. So I, I was thinking about trying to create a version of Twitter, like mm-hmm. back when Twitter was doing the. Analy- I was thinking through like, what if you made a Twitter-like thing that was basically just a clone of email, but <laughs> right was different, like fork email and change it so it's like quicker and like I don't know. I you try to figure out how to rewrite the email protocol to make it work like Twitter, and I was like, that could be a really fun thing. Well, I mean, because yeah, there were, there was a lot of we're
1: going to change Twitter for the worse going around. It didn't really come to pass. It didn't really come to pass. But no, I had the same thought. I was like, what would an open version of Twitter like? Like basically, where it's like, if we don't like the way that one company is doing it, just will not, not use that
0: company's version of it. <laughs> and doing know? it like oh, op- and doing it open like that potentially would remove the need for any surveyor like you couldn't you could start your own version of Twitter really easily. Right. Um, like you could download like Twitter clone like things off GitHub and just host them and then say, hey everyone come use Alexer or whatever. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Oh man, um, I hope you've
1: copywritten that. Otherwise someone's yeah. gonna go on domain squat.
0: Yeah. Alexer. I, I, let it, let I, us know in the I comments don't even know if you've has... stolen. <laughs> Leave yeah. us an iTunes review. <laughs> 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 yeah, with the, the the sign up page. Um so it's like well you could just copy email. But then I'm like but why? I don't know. I well, mean, and the, cool. the whole idea
1: with with Twitter though is that it's not is that it is not a you have to read everything in your stream. Yeah. Um and this is one of my complaints about things like Slack, is that their notification system is based on a you will read everything that anybody posted in any of these chat rooms that you have to be in. And that there's no like button that's like I'm back, I'm not, I don't care. I don't care what happened yesterday. Like, there's not a... <laughs> yeah <laughs> Whereas with things like IRC or with Twitter, there's a, yeah, I'm just gonna, I, I have the ability to write that off. Email is not. Email is a, you know, unless you explicitly decide to, this. there's an expectation that you read the stuff that comes in. It's an inbox, not a stream.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but I guess the question I had, like, it, it takes people like us, Kevin, It would just say, I'm (laughs) going to go write an open source platform thing called Twitter and it's just going to be a a protocol and people can build their own, like, I'll have a a small little official server or something (laughs) or, like, an example server that people could run and it will have, like, an example client and then I'll have, like, an example, like, GitHub hosted uh, web client Mm -hmm. that people could use, like, that's how i would th- think protocols come to an existence because you really can't have a business model based on a protocol right like well i mean you have a the, there's so this, this is the question of how do you monetize
1: open source right and there there are three different ways that that happens one is that um you have the the android model where you have this sort of half open source and half not yeah um, the the two is that you have you have something that is open source, and then you have a, a freemium version of it. Um, and then the third is that you have, uh, the, the basically you you win by having a support contract um, yeah. around that open source software. So stuff like Red Hat. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yes, if you, if, you, if you develop the email protocol, and then you also invent Gmail, then it's, yeah. in your, it's in your interest to encourage people to use email,
0: even if they don't use Gmail. Because you're dealing with network effects. So I mean, and that's that was basically the conclusion I came to was like, hey, if I if people really don't like Twitter and want to get off it, mm. and then it kind of didn't really happen, I was like, well, <laughs> I could make a protocol, and then I'll make a Gmail, right, and then I'll I'll just have a thing. And I I mean, but if you're already writing the web app, why would you want to allow yourself if you were a company? And not just an individual person who thought it was a cool or good idea. <laughs> Why would you not make it so you have to use your platform? Right, and I think that's the issue.
1: Well, the the one answer is is that is the network effect thing. That basically, if I'm Apple and I say I want to create this thing, that I want to create a i iMessage. I'm going to create a better iMessage. Yep, and. I discover that half of my users only have friends who have Android phones. Yep. Well, then either I have to convince the Android community to let me have Apple iMessage on Android, or I can then make an open protocol. Yeah. So users have to develop. Hey, the- maybe somebody else wants to build an Android version. You totally could, and then someone else will, and then I'll look all of you, all of a
0: sudden your Apple users are happy. But companies like Apple are. Either big enough so they just don't let you talk to Android users, <laughs> and they don't care, which is right. what Apple does, right. or they develop it themselves. Like they have, if they decide it's a thing they want to do, they're not just going to open it up and hope someone else do it. Does it? They're just going to yeah. say, "All right, well, whatever. Yeah, we'll just throw some engineers at it and make a, a half decent version, right? And whatever." Which is sometimes what happens.
1: Well, and the thing is, I think, I think this is a relatively new problem. So, like, I'm not trying to argue that, like, oh, well, there's obviously an answer to this. I'm afraid that you're, you may be right, and there may not be an answer to this. Like, yes. I don't know. Because if you look at the, the big protocols that were established, most of them were established before, these, before there were big internet companies. Yeah. And even yeah. now, if you look at stuff like email, if I send an email from my IP using, like, SendMail... Mm-hmm. It's probably gonna get bounced. It's really? probably not gonna show up in your Gmail inbox. Really? Yeah. I did not know There's that. There's not Why? because I don't have a trust chain. Oh I'm going to get classified as spam by the majority of email clients. Huh. So that so you asked me before if I have a problem with Gmail. I don't have a problem with Gmail. I do worry though that the way that we huh. treated email and I mean I don't know what the right solution would have been well that's basically because we've got this whole issue with spam and stuff is that we do filter out like hey this is and this is why people use things like mailchimp rather than sending out stuff sending out their managing their mailing list themselves yeah um or actually for a while years ago it used to be that like if you got an email from gmail then outlook would be like nope
0: huh um which was which is always fun well, I mean, I think that's that's just an inherited problem from the whole problem of trust that we have. Right. I mean, if you solve trust, I think you could probably solve that. May Well, I mean, you couldn't prevent companies from saying, hey, you don't want to receive email from people who use Outlook, right? Like, you couldn't stop <laughs> Gmail from doing that. But right. you might remove some of their, like, some of their perhaps legitimate concerns now and they might be a little more trusting um, right. for, for things like send. Like, if you could verify that you were, like if you were sending an email from at KevinGeezy.com and you could verify that you owned Kevingey.com, mm-hmm. like you you had the certificates in place, then I don't see any legitimate reason why Gmail should turn. I don't think they turn it. I
1: think just it it always ends up in the spam.
0: Well the spam, right. Yeah. Um
1: which, you know, that's just that's machine learning. They learn that like, hey, if if you know, if if there aren't thousands of emails coming from this domain, it's probably not a real domain. Because like Gmail can yeah. trust email from other Gmail accounts, because they're Gmail. Yahoo can also be reasonably sure, hey, this thing came from a Gmail account. And it's probably fine. The majority well, of these are fine. This came from some untrusted IP address that just spun up yesterday. I wonder if it's spam or not. Like generally you classify that as probably spam. Yeah. Um, yeah exactly. So it's, it's really it's it's just a it's a side effect of, of trying to help users out it's not some sort of malicious thing but it does it is a point where we're going we're going like okay now this is becoming less of a protocol thing and more of a platform thing just because the nature of how we've set up our email
0: yeah I mean I'm not really certain how to solve what when the platform which was built on a protocol gets big enough that it can start dictating different rules and perhaps changes to the protocol
1: Firefox (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 it got too big so i guess i guess what happens is apple has to get mad about google and just go completely open source is that what's that is that what's next <laughs> yeah yeah
0: that's probably open actually. phones Ah, uh, that will not be apple
1: but no it, it's it, it just it when you were talking about vr like the whole idea of well samsung will have theirs and apple will have theirs yeah, and Google will have there. This is why I like Google Cardboard is that it's the one that isn't locked down. Like that, I like that, Yeah, that, that I'm a fan of that. I don't, it's I don't know about also the, the most side. limited
0: version. It's also the most limited version. What it can play videos?
1: It can play. No, it can do. It can do games as well. Okay, and do... think you can. I I went I, just for fun. I ended up there. I played with, um, what was it, three JS? Okay, um, and I could. I was able to create like a. A landscape and and yeah. rotate around with it and stuff in the
0: okay so you can just you can create a web page. I mean, but the things like the the thing like your VR has is it has a whole bunch of bit built in sensors that it stole from Oculus and right, so it has much more precise precision tracking, mm-hmm. which is what makes it a better device than the car. Oh yeah, I device.
1: don't argue this is not a better device. I'm just concerned about I don't want to the The problem is that this isn't the 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 traditional adage is that you know when when there are a lot of competitors the you know the the users win the customer wins yeah I don't think that's the case here because you're talking about people who own a Samsung phone can use the Samsung thing people who own an Apple phone can use the Apple thing people who own a Google phone can use the Google thing people can like this isn't going to be a case where the best technology wins out for people this isn't a yeah. case where we're looking at like Blu-ray versus HD DVD it's not like, hey, let's evaluate these two technologies on their merits. and it, it, This this would be like that, except if Apple said, we are only going to play Blu-ray, and Windows said, we are only going to play HD-DVD. Like, yeah, The choice is not really which of these is the better technologies. The choice is, what am I stuck with right now, and do I want to have to get rid of everything and replace it from the ground
0: up to try out this yeah. other thing? And this is what we've sort of started the podcast on. Like, I I haven't switched away from Apple devices partly... And arguably, largely nowadays, because of the sunken cost, yep, like there, the ecosystem, things that don't translate that I know how to use or have paid for, that I'll either just have to throw out the window or just keep using Apple devices, right? Like, but if we had things
1: like, if we just accepted protocols and standards, like we just Bluetooth. Bluetooth is a thing. Or USB. USB is a thing. You don't need a lightning cable. Like, we could just use USB, and then all the devices would work with all the other devices. It'd be amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. But we don't do that. Nope. We don't. And I think that's a problem, but I don't Know how to fix it you 'd have to force all the companies to not do stupid things
1: well, but I mean you were talking about how cool it was that there was synergy across your devices yeah it i don 't think it's cool at all. I think it's a big problem I,
0: I, it's cool it doesn't mean it doesn't cause problems, but it also doesn't mean that it's not cool
1: i don't know I think that the idea that i can 't cast between uh my my android phone and my uh macbook i think that's a bug. No, I
0: agree. I agree. I think there should be synergy across all devices.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: It, I, I I think that's that would be really cool. But at the moment that it's there, but at the moment it's just synergy across specific device manufacturers. So it's still cool. It still does the same thing, but you're more restricted in what you can use with it. I, I agree. It would be much cooler if it works across everything, and then I'd have less of this entrenched cost. Right. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not it's not the same thing. It's just what requires different hardware, and one can be used with anything.
1: I don't know. I don't like it, Alex. We, we there's like AirPlay or whatever it's called, like whatever the abstract concept of AirPlay is. Yeah, that could that's it's so obviously a standard. Like, that yeah. is, like, is like the is a primary case of like, this is a thing that should be a protocol that should just be like, this is how you take a screen and put it on another screen. Like, here's a description of how to do those things. And then you would have like, these are stream,
0: you know, Visual Stream compliant devices. So with iMessages and AirPlay, I swear when they were announced, um, they were said that they'll be open sourced. I don't think they ever were. I
1: swear you were wrong.
0: I I I, I don't think they ever did. But like when iMessages came, something FaceTime. It was FaceTime. Oh, when FaceTime came out, and FaceTime was the precursor to iMessages because FaceTime came out, and then they were like, "What? Well, we have this video chat client. How about we add like texting on top of it?" They're like, "Hey,
1: so you've been texting now." Now we've created this really cool way for you, to, for you to talk with people over video and voice. And they're like, oh, yeah, people prefer to text because it's texting.
0: All right, well, let's make texting easier then. All right, so here's what happened. Okay. So th- they announced FaceTime in 2010, and they said they were going to make it open source. The problem is they based some of their technology on a suite of software or some some technology based on patents owned by Vernet X, and they lost a patent lawsuit. So they couldn't open source it because they built FaceTime and thus iMessages on top of something that was owned by someone else, and someone else didn't want to open source it, and they lost the patent suit.
1: That sounds like a really, really convenient problem for them to have.
0: Yes, I agree. I think it's dumb, and I think, and they're Apple. They could just rewrite, rewrite it. Write it, but you know, we can't. We
1: can't afford that. That could take us three weeks to a few developers. Work right, exactly. That would be an egregious.
0: <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't. I don't know, but that's that's why they decided to not open source. Video
1: it. chat's a good example, though. That's another one. And and you and I have (laughs) been stymied by this for a long time, Um, dealing with either Google Hangouts or now we're on Skype. FaceTime would be another option, but I rejected that one (laughs) because it won't work across operating systems, and I don't want to promise I'm always going to be on on a MacBook. Yep. Um, But that's another Uh, one. We're like, it's video, chat. Like, it's very simple. You're sending video. You're sending audio. We know how that works. There could be one spec. There's no reason that these have to be different services. This could be like, a...
0: I don't know, man. And I I'm,
1: I'm scared of what's going to happen.
0: Well, so let's start writing our own open source protocols.
1: Well, the problem is getting people to use them. The the problem is that there's we're now in a position where internet companies have such an ability to market their own products and such an ability to lock people in or out of their own products, uh, like you know Spotify.
0: Well, let's just build all of our own products, and then we won't have to worry about what the other companies do.
1: You realize that that's exactly what the other companies are doing. (laughs) We'll just create a closed open open ecosystem.
0: No, no, no. We won't close it off. If other companies would like to implement it, the source code's right there. If you want to use our protocol for voice communication, there you go. Like, Google... I think Google would happily implement an iMessage client. Zoom so would build something done. on top of what a, a Ubuntu phone. Well, I'm sure why not. We could do that. <laughs> I mean, why not? And then we could build our own open source like Twitter replacement protocol and force everyone to use that.
1: Well, actually, I was thinking about the. I'm not entirely sure how you do a
0: Twitter replacement. Okay. Um, why not? I was thinking you could combine email and Bitcoin.
1: Well, email you're dealing with. Uh, e- email, you have to archive old tweets, which you don't necessarily want to do. Why, why wouldn't you want to archive them? Because the, 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 because the sender's authoritative. So if they delete a tweet, you've still got it, which is... Eh. For, uh, really, all that Twitter is is just RSS. It's, it's just an RSS reader. Yeah, but RSS messages can get lost really easily. Yeah, but then you have the feed, so you just retrieve.
0: Oh, well, that's true. Right. I was thinking IRC, not RSS. Oh, so yeah. No, 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 no. RSS. Yeah. Good
1: old RSS. I love RSS, by the way. This is another one of the things that I like very, very much. I, I wanted to make sure runs? that I started off the my list RSS. of complaints by saying I like these things a lot. And I understand that they're a value to things like iMessage. And I understand that they're a value to push notifications and all this junk. But man, <laughs> there's like, there's a re- th- these old technologies are not. Have not stuck around just because we haven't come up with better ideas. Yeah. There are actual good reasons why they exist. And it makes me
0: sad that we don't seem to recognize that anymore, Alex. I don't... I'm sorry, Kevin. I don't know what to tell you. I just... I, I We we just need to form our new company that does everything, but it does everything open source. Let's do it. So, we'll call it... Open Two broke guys. Open... Well, I mean... <laughs> What Google was started by two broke people. They were college (laughs) students. They had no money. They ran it on a server that they held together with
1: Legos.
0: (laughs) Although Legos aren't cheap, so you know maybe they had more money than they were letting on. Well,
1: they also will sue like Duplos and stuff. So I don't know. Legos (laughs) does not seem very open,
0: Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, we won't use like we'll we'll use three D printed Legos. whatever those are called all right three D print our lowercase
1: L Legos. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, or ego. Well, no egos is a thing. Leo. Yeah. Oh, we we'll call it Leo. Trademarks are Leos. We'll call them Leos. Leos, all right. <laughs> Low earth orbitos.
1: Now, I, I, we've never talked about this on the podcast. But tardigrades are incredibly cool. Okay. Um, you no, know, uh we we've, we've obviously talked about tardigrades on the podcast quite a bit. Uh okay. they're they're perhaps a little overrepresented. Uh Across the animal kingdom, on this
0: podcast, yes, I agree. Um, but
1: tardigrades are incredibly awesome, and we did report on a story. Um, I think it was—I I think it was the end of last season. I love that we yeah. can—I can refer to things by seasons. So it you, you feel so <laughs> professional. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. But no, there was this story that basically there was a lot of uh, genetic drift. That basically, they discovered, like, hey, they, they sequenced a the tardigrade, and they're like, hey, most of your DNA is not your DNA. Yeah, I remember and that. that was crazy. Turns out... And that was wrong. Yeah, not only was it wrong, they found out it was wrong a week later. And we are
0: just now talking We're about it. We're just
1: now getting to it, because I only just discovered this. <laughs> basically, this is what happened. They're, like, they're going around, they're, they've got the DNA strands, they're looking at it, they're counting, you know, A, T, C, the other one. Uh, G, G. There you go. Um, they're going through the ATCG, 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 and there's some bacteria that's kind of hanging out nearby. At some point, they got bored and started counting that one instead. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it looked like wow, this this uh, this species is adopting a lot of genes from other from this other sources. One strain of bacteria. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, it's because they ended up copying stuff over from a different strain of bacteria. Um, the the reason this was news is that it was, it was promoted as being this really crazy idea that maybe this is why they're so resilient and that because of the way that tardigrades live forever or indefinitely <laughs> is that they, um, the, when they when they get dehydrated, or that the, they deliberately dehydrate so that when they yeah. freeze or you know, whenever they reach rough conditions the water doesn't freeze and thus uh, perforate their body because that's the problem with forever, ice
0: and density, that it explodes things. If you want to live forever, go to a desert and then go to one of the cold deserts that freezes in the evening. Exactly, that so, is the that's the way to go. Uh, you'll dry out and then freeze, and you'll live forever.
1: But the thinking was that basically the DNA would fragment at that point, and then when they were being revived, they would just you know accidentally ingest a whole bunch of incorrect DNA. Yeah, um, and that that maybe the idea is that. Um, They've become so resilient because they were able to steal much more DNA than regular people do. Or we only steal DNA from <laughs> our parents. Or they just steal DNA from
0: all of the things. Yeah, well they don't.
1: Yeah. It turns they, out nope, I was wrong. Science science fails. Science is science is a failed experiment, Alex. So it turns actually, oh out Oh my they, gosh, that is actually you know what? As as dismal as that sounds, I think that is like that should be the, the motto science is a failed experiment a
0: motto of what
1: of science oh okay because I mean, that is exactly what science is
0: i think that's a better i think that's a really really good uh, tagline for ksp <laughs> i
1: think um, it's a good tagline for science man this is exactly ever what science it is
0: it is failed experiments after failed experiments after failed experiments if i ever open a science lab incorporated that will be my tagline